0: From the land of the free and the home of the Chiefs, this
1: is the Locked On Chiefs podcast.
0: And it's been a while, but we are lucky enough to get Eric Eager back. Everybody, say hi, Eric. How are you doing? I'm doing well, man. How about you? I'm uh, I'm enjoying this season, the ups and downs. It's not very boring, but uh, I think since we last spoke, you got yourself a promotion to senior data data analyst for PFF. Uh, is that uh, any more fun or just more numbers to crunch? It's just more work. It seems the way it always goes. Yeah. Um, and, and there's more and more all the time. And I'm really interested to see your take from from your perspective on how these Chiefs have done to this point. Uh, I think clearly the, the offense hasn't lived up to what we saw last year and what expectations were. But I wonder, can you expound on what you see the drop-off is in, in certain sectors and whether you're concerned about it?
1: I mean, I think... Overall, I'm more you know, positive about this team in general just because their defense has played well and they've played well against the a schedule of the league's hardest opponents. That being said, on offense, they've struggled a little bit just because for a few reasons. I think some of them are reassuring for Chiefs fans in that their folks are coming back, right? So they've struggled because Eric Fisher missed a lot of time. they struggled because Tyreek Hills missed a decent amount of time, Sammy Watkins, uh, as well as – uh, Laurent Duvernay-Tardif, uh, and so on and so forth. So they've had guys out, Patrick Mahomes, chief among them. Um, but the other thing is just Mahomes has been a little less fine than he was a season ago. Uh, last year, he threw a negatively graded pass on less than 10% of his throws. This year, he's more in that 14.5%, 15% range. So just an extra throw or two or a game, you know, I think is the difference between winning some of these games by two touchdowns and winning some of these games by one touchdown or in the case of the Tennessee, uh, Houston and Indianapolis games, uh, just not being able to, to win the game act, uh, outright. So, uh, I, you know, I think if you're a Chiefs fan, you don't have the question marks necessarily about can we win the Super Bowl with the worst defense in the NFL? You don't have that anymore. What you do have is can we have one of the best offenses in the NFL? And I think given what we saw a season ago and given what we have in Andy Reid, Uh, And Patrick Mahomes, the answer is, I think, a tentative yes.
0: And I I like that perspective, too, because I I see problems specifically along the offensive line in in making some of those throws rush. And I I see what you're saying about interception worthy anyway. But overall, with the uptick, uh, especially against the run for this particular defense that I thought they struggled so mightily the last few years, just an evening out there. Does that overall change your projection about how far they can go in the
1: postseason or what you feel about how far they can go? Yeah, I think so. I think that the team, you know, made some moves this offseason that really did help them. And then, you know, last season was just one of those things where they just had so many, um, you know, problem spots. They had Eric Berry who couldn't play for most of the season. They had, um, you know, edge guys that were in and out of the lineup and, you know, in Justin Houston and so on and so forth. They had linebackers that couldn't cover, and now they seem to have figured that out by using safeties and players like that. So um, for me, it's not going to be the reason they win. Uh, The reason that they're going to win is because of their offense, Um, but it's not going to be a reason that they can't win, uh, which it really was a season ago. I feel like it
0: generally takes the ceiling off. They don't have to be that uber-explosive, 35 points a game kind of offense. It allows for some of this, hit or miss that we're seeing here. Do you see trends in what is hitting and what isn't hitting for Andy Reid's play call and Mahomes' performance in particular?
1: Well, I, you know, I think it's just one of those where the downfield plays are still hitting. The The run game has been has been a problem, but it's, it's mostly been that intermediate area. And we saw that at least a little bit on Sunday have some success with Travis Kelsey. Um, you know, other than the fumble, he had a pretty good game. But we're not seeing those intermediate shots to Sammy Watkins, Tyree Kill, and, and you know, up until last week, Travis Kelsey, the way that we were seeing him before. So, you know, the Chiefs' offense is explosive because they throw screen passes to the backs. They can go down the field to Tyree Kill and now Nicole Hardman. And then they can hit the you know, the intermediate stuff, the crossers, the the deep ends and the and the crease routes to, to Travis Kelsey. That's what makes them so you you know, or at their best makes them so good. You know, in recent weeks, Mahomes has been able, like he was three or four or four or five throwing the ball over 20 yards downfield the other day. He was just like one of four throwing the ball between 10 and 19 yards. So those are really where, you know, teams that move the ball offensively in the NFL consistently, that's really where they make their plays. Uh, and, and I think, the, you know, the Chiefs just have to get back to being efficient there, probably running a little bit more play action uh, and, and, you know, having some success on those intermediate ones. You know, Sammy Watkins really needs to get out of his funk. Uh, Tyreek Hill needs to be used, I think, a little bit more on those. Um, But again, you know, they've only really played together as an offense for two games a season. So, you know, they'll hit their stride, I think, at the right time. But for right now, that's really where the hangup has been.
0: And on the other side of the ball, I know we had multiple conversations last year about pass rush versus coverage and what gets you farther. And I think what we've seen the turn in this team actually backs up that what you were saying last season in that coverage is paramount first. And then it's a it's a bonus to get the pass rush that can actually get home. Do you feel that that's living up to what we thought it was last year? And and what wrinkles do you see contained in?
1: Yeah, they very much are complimentary. But what we've seen is, you know, that draft pick of Juan Thornhill was one of the better ones the Chiefs have made in a while. He's really, you know, when you talk about when you get players like Matthew and Thornhill, what it does is it knocks players down a peg to where they're more suited. Right. So now Daniel Sorensen can play linebacker, uh, you know, on early downs and, and. and cover running backs and tight ends, he's not asked to play the deep part of the field, or he's not asked to cover slot receivers. Uh, and that helps the whole defense. Um, You know, you look at somebody like uh Traverius Ward really coming into his own. I think he's been one of the best cover corners in the NFL this year. That takes Kendall Fuller away from having to play every single down. And now he can, for, you know, he can, um, you know, focus on playing inside and in the nickel uh, predominantly. And then, you know, I, I've never really liked their approach here, but they've done a pretty good job with the Bashad Breland and Morris Claiborne, you know, uh, acquisitions, you know, last year it was Skandrick and David Amerson. They didn't work out, but this, you know, and year before it was T- Terrence Mitchell and Daryl Rivas, that didn't work out ter- terribly well, but it seems like this one, they've lucked into some pretty good play by Bashad Breland. And uh, you know, when he has played Morris Claiborne and that's really helped and, you know, while well, it took Frank Clark a while, t- you know, to get healthy and and he's still, I think he believed he's sick this week, but it took him a while just to even get, you know, productive as a pass rusher. Now that he has been, and we've really seen, you know, the fruits of of the contract and the trade that they-, they used to acquire him, but it did, as you said, it took coverage first and now the pass rush can be accentuated.
0: Well, and I think that coverage, I want to go back to a guy that you mentioned because He's one of the few that's under contract for next season in Chaverius Ward and when maybe this is different I don't know if if your thought is the same as the way you guys grade but when you say he's one of the best cover corners what's the most important aspect of that is it completion percentage is it yards given up or, or how do you all go about formulating those those approaches
1: Yeah it's kind of a combination obviously like there are plays where you can be graded positively and still give up a catch uh There are plays where you could obviously get roasted and the other team's quarterbacks are are too inept to, to make you pay for that. And we've seen that with a team like Minnesota, for example, Xavier Rhodes was one of those players that always his coverage stats look good, but his grade didn't look great because the quarterbacks they were facing, you know, half the quarterbacks they faced were back quarterbacks this year. Um, but with Warren, it's one of those where, you know, he's not facing all that many, you know, uh passes into his coverage because, you know, if you're a good team, you're going to throw away from him. They play some pretty good offenses. So the quarterbacks that he can play, that he's playing against can make him pay if he's not very good. Uh, and then he's making plays on the football by, you know, virtue of pass breakups and interceptions. And so that's for me, it's like kind of that collection of things and. You know he's added a ton of value being a player that's really emerged, and you know uh, a great find by Brett Veach at the end of uh, training camp last year.
0: Yeah, and I think he's not alone. You mentioned Juan Thornhill, uh, his secondary mate, and I, I agree that he was one of my top picks going in, but just based on athleticism and production. But they're not alone uh, in the younger aspects. Uh, Colin Saunders been coming on of late. I feel like he's really helped against the run specifically. But when you look at the rest of the rookie class and, and including uh, Saunders himself. Uh, How do you feel about how they're performing in general for such
1: a young group? Yeah. I mean, Nadi and Saunders have really helped that defense become stronger against the run. And, you know, um, when you have pass rushers alike, uh Frank Clark, and when you blitz as often as the chiefs have in some of these games this year, you can afford to take Chris Jones off the field sometimes and put in the two big guys uh to play against the run and be strong because you don't you know need the pass rush there so much, whereas you know Chris Jones is a terrific pass rusher, but he's at times been kind of a weakling against the run, and so you know teams have exploited that. The chiefs seem to be pretty pragmatic in playing those two younger uh you know rotund defensive tackles uh in in Chris Jones's stead and in some cases putting Chris Jones out at defensive end, much the way the Vikings used to with John Randall. So uh it, it's just been a good approach. I've been very impressed with Spagnolo and the way that he uh, has taken the personnel in this defense, which I still think is admittingly not great, uh, and and made some, you know, made some players out of it. I mean no longer are they asking Anthony Hitchens to play every down because he struggles against the pass. Uh, they have Ben Neiman in there sometimes. They have Daniel Sorensen in there sometimes. Uh, Reggie Ragland's a player that has been useful on early downs in the last, you know, last few seasons. He hasn't been so. So uh, kudos to uh, you know Steve Spagnuolo, who's really been probably the most valuable player on that defense.
0: Yeah, I have to agree with you. And I do like the way that he adapted to the team. I expected more zone out of it. It seems by my calculation that they're right about 50-50. I, I know you guys have more specific data. You may not have it in front of you, but that elevation from what he expected to want to do to what he had to do to meet his personnel, I thought that was a really positive sign for a coordinator, and I think that's helped the secondary come along.
1: Yeah, for sure. I mean, that's the that's the thing. Is like you know, with Bob Sutton, it was always you know they would never they never put D Ford, Justin Houston, and Tom Bahali on the field at the same time, even though those were the three best pass rushers they had. You know, they they played man you know uh press man a lot you know despite the fact that they're second corner you know they they built their defense i think pretty perfectly around Sean Smith and Marcus Peters but once Sean Smith left they really had no one that could play that role, but they still tried to play the defense that way. Um, You know, and then when Eric Berry, you know, they made, they made the defense very specific to some players and it wasn't really uh, very flexible. And so when Eric Berry got hurt, Marcus Peters left and all that kind of stuff, it really left the defense vulnerable. You know, it looks like Spagnuolo has done a good job. I mean, we've seen Kendall Fuller is one of their best players on defense, you know, talent wise, and he's missed a significant amount of the season. And Rashad Fenton's been fine in his stead. So it, it's, it's been a it's been a very encouraging year so far for the Chiefs. And hopefully, you know, we have them only as about an 18, to 17, 18 percent chance to get a first round buy. the team without a first round bye hasn't made the Super Bowl since 2012. Hopefully they can either somehow, uh, you know, upend those odds and get a buy or, you know, be the first team since the Ravens to make the Super Bowl without a first round bye come January. Fingers crossed. I am completely with you. And to continue
0: down this path, a lot of the guys that we're talking about in the secondary in particular, Juan Thornhill, I'm, I'm very impressed with him as you are. He's a stalwart. There's not anything going to happen with, uh, with Honey Badger. He's staying there. So that leaves a lot of these guys we're talking about at corner are on short contracts. They're going to have to replace them. So when we look at the draft, I think that that's got to be a top priority in the first two days of the draft. And it seems like this cornerback class is uh, pretty strong. What's your take on them?
1: Yeah, my colleague Mike Renner had, had the Chiefs, uh, mocked with Bryce Hall out of Virginia. Um, you know, he basically, he's, you know, he's had an injury this season, but he's also, he's a first round talent as well. Um, we also have, you know, basically a Cameron Danzler from Mississippi State as well as a guy that we have sort of mocked in that area. Um, but there's, there's, there's going to be players available to the Chiefs there. You have to wonder, you know, with them in the market for Jalen Ramsey, finding out that it was a bit too, you know, a bit too heavy. Um, you know them having traded away their first pick uh, in you know a few of the last drafts. Whether the, whether or not they they pull the trigger uh, and keep their first round pick this year or go after a veteran, there are some you know good corners on the free agent market as well. But I do think uh, it would be smart for them to to stay where they are in the draft, hopefully picking very late in the first round uh, and pick up one of these corners here.
0: Yeah, and depending where there are, I know a guy that was mocked, I think, in Mike's first round and by a number of of scouts that I actually follow pretty closely too. Um, do you have anything specific in your thoughts on Christian Fulton, who I think may be falling down uh, to the, that area where the chiefs are likely to be picking?
1: Uh, yeah. Let me, let me look uh, Christian Fulton. LSU. Yeah. So the guy from LSU, I mean, I think he's been uh, overshadowed by Stingley having coming in as an 18 year old <laughs> and being one of the best corners of the best <laughs> in all of college football. Um, but, you know, he, yeah, he's broken up a decent amount of passes. He allowed less than 50% of the targets into his coverage to be complete. Uh, you know, basically, you know, post injury. So he, yeah, we had him mocked at eight earlier in the draft, but he, he might be falling and, you know, it'd be a situation where, you know, I don't necessarily advise them moving up unless it's for a quarterback and they don't need a quarterback, but it might be one of those situations where he falls, you know, more into their uh, spot. Um, You know, again, like I said, hopefully in the very end of the first round.
0: I like the way you put that. I think we're going to have to have another show where we talk about draft strategy and what to move up for, what to move back for. But I know we're out of time for today, so I appreciate you digging some out for me. Thanks for doing it. Yeah, thanks for having me. Of course. Folks, you can hear all of Eric's stuff on their YouTube channel, on their podcast, uh, as well as over on the side of PFF. So make sure you check him out and we'll talk with you next time. Ryan Tracy is the founder of Rogue Analytics and the host of RGR Football on YouTube. Follow him there. Chris Clark is a senior analyst at ChiefsDigest.com where you can get his work. Rate and review at Apple Podcasts and subscribe on your preferred podcast platform. Thank you for listening.